Hi, I'm Pastor Rick. I'm glad you're with us today. Now, we're going to take a study today that's really amazing. It's called Making Better Money Decisions. It's a study that links us in our whole year series, which is how to cut a new path in your life. And one of the things you have to do is, of course, make a better you, right? Build a better you, build a better vision, build a better foundation. And then you have to, to catch this now, you have to make better decisions. And one of those decisions is a money decision. You have to decide to deal with the money issues in your life. You can't just let them go. So buckle up, get ready. It's going to be amazing. You're going to enjoy the study. It's practical, it's fun, it's interactive, and it will change your life if you allow it to. So enjoy the word. What changes you is the power of the word of God in your life. It cuts down to the very marrow of the bone. So enjoy this. I'll be back at the end of this to say another word and pray for you. So stay with us. Repeat the topic again, please. Say, making better money decisions. This is all about decisions. This is all about you coming to a point in your life where you ask this this big question. What kind of decisions are you making about your life and your money? If I were to look at your life today, what kind of choices are you making? Now, all of us make decisions. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 is a verse that has been on my mind for a minute because it speaks to this whole issue and it says something that just really, really helped me. Here's what it said. It said that my faith determines my results. Jesus, in talking to some blind guys that wanted to be healed, made a statement that goes like this. Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith, let it be unto you. Say that with me, please. Come on. According to your faith, let it be Basically, it says, what you believe, what you choose to believe, will directly impact your potential in life and those you influence. My faith, what I believe, is seen in my choices. If you want to know what you believe, look at your choices. The way you view love, look at who you choose to love. Look at how you choose to love. You believe that if you love somebody, you cuss them. Because you cuss everybody you love. That's what you believe works. This is the technique. When I'm mad with you, I want to get back on the right track. Blank, 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 blank. Couple of blanks. And da, da, da. And there you go. You're all right. You're all right now? Good. I love you. And sometimes you end it. After a good cussing, you tell them, I love you. And sometimes you add a praise God on the back of that too. But that's your faith system. You believe. And, I, and being a pastor, you have, these, you have to have these most amazing conversations with good people. Good people. There are people who believe everybody that I date, I sleep with. That's their belief system. And so everybody you've ever dated, eventually you end up in the bedroom. That's what your belief system says. You disagree with God's view. Let's be clear. You don't believe what he believes. You don't. You don't even know what the word fornication means. I mean, having sex outside of being married. You do. You disagree with that. That's okay. I'm just saying this is a conversation. It's just important for you to understand that he said, according to what you believe, that's what's going to cause your results to come in your life. And so sometimes if you look at your results and you don't like them, you need to look at your belief system and see if your belief system is consistent with God's view or the scripture's view. According to your faith. So be it unto you. So what do you believe? And what do you believe about money? Now, here's what I want to tell you. This may surprise you. 80% of Christians, 90% of Christians do not believe the Bible when it comes to money. 
They don't. Now, here's how I know that, because of what they do and because of their results. There is an inconsistent uh, approach, and I, you know, I, I've come to a place where I understand this. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you more about that in a minute. So here, here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about what you believe and how it's impacted your life, and I want you to ask yourself to sit down and get honest about what you believe. You believe in credit. You use credit for everything. And you believe in mounting debt. You don't believe in because you keep doing it, even when you pay it off. This is how you know. When you pay it all off and you do it again, that's because that's what you believe. It doesn't change until you change your belief system. Our nation is having a belief challenge. Our nation right now is having a major struggle with money. And it's their money decisions. Now, they can say what they want to say, but our leaders have decided that debt is a good thing. And there are economists who would support that, that a certain amount of debt is good. For example, in your house, okay, if you, you know, go into debt to get a car that drives you, you drive the car to work to make money, eh, that's a good investment. The problem is a can of car. You don't need a Rolls Royce to go to work to make minimum wage. Can I get an amen to that, right? You don't need a Rolls Royce to get to work if you make a minimum wage. You, you have to understand the difference. Pastors went through this years ago. They all wanted planes. And all the planes are gone now. All of them wanted a plane. There's a season. Everybody had a plane. And I, and, you know, and, and I got friends who have planes. They spend about $2 million a year, $1 million a year and a half, to, I mean a half, $2 million a year to, 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 to fly on these planes. Now, the people that I know who do that, uh, they make millions and millions of dollars so they can afford a plane. It makes sense for them to go from here. But for Ricky Temple, Delta is the way. <laughs> Delta is the plane for me. I, I can't afford it. No need trying to lie to myself. I can slide in first class and feel big, but it's not the same as owning your own plane. You know what I'm saying? And there are occasions coach make more sense. So the main thing is I get there. How about an amen, right? But, I, but there's something about the, the facing the reality that we as a nation, I think, are making decisions. And there's some notes I put down for you, and I put the little link for you. By the way, I had this brilliant idea of putting footnotes in the notes today. So forgive me. They won't be there next week. But it was a grand idea, I thought. Here we go. Let me show you. So you'll see it. Uh, according to uh, – this is really a 2016 report, by the way. Um, but a uh, bank rate report said um, just 37% of Americans have enough savings to pay for, five, for a $500 are a $1,000 emergency. 37% of Americans, if they had a $500 or a $1,000 emergency, they could pay for it, cash. 30, almost 4 out of 10 can do it. The rest can't pay cash. The other 63% would have to resort to measures like cutting back spending in other areas, charging to a credit card, or borrowing funds from family and friends in order to handle a $500 to $1,000 problem. That's the reality. <laughs> We're spending more than we make in the government. The U.S. government budget deficit for fiscal year 2020 is $1 trillion. Wow. From October 1st, 2019 through September 30th, 2020, the deficit occurs because the U.S. government is spending of 4.7 trillion is higher than their revenue of 3.6 trillion. 
So let's put this in, same, in plain language. You, ha- you make, you're spending $476, but you make $364. You got it? Amen. So if you make $364, you don't need to be spending $474. Everybody say amen to that? Amen. Just put trillions on it and you get it. Just put trillions. It's just trillions. Ain't nothing. Just money. And so my point is they keep doing that every year. And they're up to like 20 trillion in debt. So this is different between deficit spending, which means every week I'm spending $100 more than I make. That's my deficit spending. My debt is how much is on my credit card balance. My credit card balance is in this country $20 trillion. And you keep adding to that and adding to that and adding to that. And that, my friend, is why our nation is struggling with money. So it's not just you, it's the nation. Now, why do I believe some people struggle with money? Well, number one, they don't invest enough effort to make money. They are not diligent enough. You can pray, talk to God, claim the Bible. You can even tithe. But here's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Whatsoever you find your hand to do, do it with all your might. And if you'll notice, there is a little number there, footnote, okay, the verses below. And it's really powerful. It means, you know, hey, whatever you find your hands to do, do it with all your might. In other words, work hard. You know, there's, there's something about giving it all you've got. That's what it requires. And I just think some people don't work enough hours to make the money they want or they don't work smart enough to make the money they want to make. And there is, a, there is a difference. You can work really long hours and be working for minimum wage. I had a guy on a plane with me one day. We were talking, and he was flying all over the place, and, and, um, and he was feeling pretty good, you know, sitting first class. He was feeling really, really you know, we got to talk about money or something. And, he, and I said, well, I'm going to get, he told me what he did. I said, I'm going to guess you make $125,000, $30,000 a year. And he looked at me like, wow, that's a good guess. I said, yeah. I said, I'm going to guess that you work 70 hours a week. Yeah, he said about right. And so I divided it up, and I said, you make. I forgot. It was amazing how much he didn't make. He said, how much I make an hour? I said, this is how much you make. You're doing good, but you're not making what you think you're making. Because the hours take away from the profit. You're exhausted. So combine that with bad marriage, combine that with a house a mess, combine that with the kids almost crazy, and combine that with you almost crazy too, how much money are you really making? The psychologist is going to get the rest of it. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah? Yeah, okay. So here's my first reason. They don't have enough, make enough effort. They're not making enough effort sometimes. Sometimes they're, they're too laid back. They're not working enough hours, and they're not working smart hours. But, but for some, the issue is and I want you to hear this in the right spirit. I don't mean any harm when I say this. You will never make certain amounts of money because you do not have the vision. And by the way, staff, I see everybody putting sweaters on. Pray for them, okay, y'all? Y'all freezing them again to keep them awake, I guess. Um, but if, if, you could, if you could see this incredible picture of yourself and say, I'm not working hard enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not, you're working part-time and you need full-time money. You, you, you can't have it. 
there, there are some things you have to work for. But I'm not saying overdo it. I'm just saying you need to work enough. Can we say that? Say amen if you got it. Amen. Number two, they don't have enough information about money. Um, Proverbs 27, verse 23 says, know the state of your flocks. And if you're following me in the notes, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10 is the verse I just quoted, where it says that a person needs to do all they can with their hands while they can. In Proverbs chapter 27, it's verse 23, it says, a person should know the state of their flocks. You need to learn what, what, it, what, it, what it takes to make this successful. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. For riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure all generations. You need, to, you need to pause and say, am I the kind of person who, is in, who has enough information about money? Do I know what I'm dealing with? And thirdly, sometimes they don't, have enough, they don't have a strategy for their money. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 basically says, a man's heart plans his way. Read that with me, please. Come on. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord do what? directs his steps. You have no plan. So here are three reasons. Number one, you don't invest enough effort. Number two, you don't have enough information. And number three, you don't have a strategy. So that's why you're having money issues. You're just going to work every day. That's not a strategy. That's, that's just going to work every day. There's, when you get paid, there's no plan for your money. There's nothing. It's just basically you get paid and you pay bills. There's no strategy. There's not, you're just existing. And so for that reason, you can end up in the same place over and over and over again. Take a step back for a minute. Pray, that's good, but write out a plan, a strategy, and we'll talk more about that down the road. But let me give you another thing that I think is really important for churches, why churches struggle with money. Now, this is, this is a revelation that came to me a week ago. Here's the first reason why I think churches struggle with money. They have low investment percentage members and supporters. And I call them low percenters. Can you say with me, please? Come on. Low percenters. Now, here's what, you, here's what a low percenter is. A low percenter is a person who's only willing to invest a certain percentage of their life into something. So, when I got married, Diane and I made a vow to each other. 100%, 120%. I am totally in this marriage with you. Faithful. You got to worry about the brother cheating. I'm not doing anything like that. Sorry, new. Because I don't, I'm 100%. Now, if I was going to be a fool, I would just announce that you never got to worry about a video with me. You ain't got to catch me doing anything. I will just tell you, I've decided to be a fool. I hereby resign. And so I'll just announce that you don't have to ever worry about a video. And, and, and so far, after 38 years, I don't plan on being a fool today. Come on, say, man. I don't plan on it today. Now, come on, say, he's 100%. I'm honest. I tell the truth. I'm not lying to you. I, uh, I'm, I'm real clear. I'm 100%. Okay? There are people that I deal with that are not 100%. They're 20%ers, which means they are not going to give God or you or anybody else more than 20% of anything. Their time, their money, their nothing. They're, they're not going to, they'll make give their children 40%. Their daddy's like that. He's a 40% dad. He check on you every now and then, call you once a quarter. You're all right. Good. Click. That's it. 
That's all. That's all. Dad, dad is never going to do that. Dad is not going to visit you. Dad's not going to give you any money. He's not. Now, here's the worst. Don't get offended. Now, I'm just saying, you have, to be, you have to be honest about what percenter you are. Some of you are friends, right? But you're only a friend when you need money. You don't call them. You don't ask for anything. You all, Think about when you call people and ask them to loan money, borrow money. You only call when you want something. You're a five percenter. So admitting where your investment are, when it comes to exercise, what percenter are you? Think about it. See, somebody, I heard somebody say one. I heard you. One percenter. That's honest. If you say, I know when it comes to exercise, I am not invested in that. I'm not willing to invest. I'm not willing to go any further. I'm not willing to make any more, any more, any more effort. Period. This is it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so churches struggle, families struggle, businesses struggle because the people that work there are not totally invested and they're not willing to be invested. They're not going to try. And here's, here's, here's the revelation you have to come to. In regards to this child, their room will always be 50% clean. That's it. Trying to make them a 90%er is a waste of energy and frustration. They like junk. Can I get an amen if you're hearing me? And so their children are probably going to be like that. Their grandkids are probably going to be like that. Everybody is going to be like that. That's them. Now, that's just how they think. And I understand that. You do too. When it comes, this is true. This is true. When it comes to my car, I'm 100%. I want it clean like it's new every day. I don't want anything in it. And they know it. They, they know it. And they laugh at me. Milani got in my car with some kind of blue um, Play-Doh on her feet. How she got blue Play-Doh on her feet, I don't know. I have a tan interior carpet. Milani got in my car and did a little dance. Had blue all over the back. And you know what my family did? They laughed. They thought it was hilarious. I had to catch the spirit. I had to catch him. He was leaving. I had to catch him. Come Spirit of God. And she laughing too. <laughs> Something says strike. I said, don't strike. Don't strike. Don't strike. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's a car. It's a car. It's a car. So what I did, I keep my stuff in my trunk. You know I do. Sprayed it up. Wiped it right off because it's, you know, it's Scotch garbage. You know what I'm saying? It's protected. Wiped it right off. Wiped off her feet and drove off. How about an amen, huh? Come on, amen, right? Good people, great, great, great family. But when it comes to that issue, I'm a hundred percenter in areas where Diane is not. I'm a hundred, and she's a hundred percenter in some areas. When it came to education, she's a thousand percenter. Ooh, good God Almighty! Woo, that girl is fire. She's fire on ice. I'm telling you, brother. I'm serious. Uh, it was so. I, I've told it before. It was so. We were so different. What, what percent were you, Pastor? Oh, man. How, how honest I want to be today. 50%? Come 50. Yes, how much? Yeah, 50. I mean, I just make a C. Okay, 50. I ain't going to lie. 50. So, I mean, compared to her, in my opinion, okay? And I thought I, was, I thought I was a big percenter. But, you know, you don't know what percentage you are until you deal with people. You know, you think you're looking good to somebody. I said, what you wearing? <laughs> you ever anybody do like that? What is that? That don't match. What are you doing? That don't, that don't go together. 
what is that you got on? What is that? Did you, did you shine them shoes? Look at them shoes. I mean, so anyway, so when we sat at the table with the kids, homework, you know, first quote, homework. I, that girl, man, she's an educator. Man, she, you know, she taught school, high school at 20 years old. She was, that's a, that, oh yeah, science too. She's she bad girl now. That's before they had technology. She'd go to the library and look at all of them, write the lesson plan. I thought, wow, who is this I'm marrying? Anyway, I knew right then that I, would, I got up from the table. I said, you have at it, baby. Go for it. Y'all in trouble, children. <laughs> Cause this girl ain't playing, and but but she's helped them all along. She she was you know engaged. She in college she knew where their classes were before they knew before they knew. She was just in the game. So my point is, understanding what percenter you are can be a real revelation. When it comes to your walk with God, what percenter are you? How often do you really pray? Spend time with God. I don't want to brag, but I'm a prayer. I'm not, some people pray and talk, talk about it. I'm a, you, I, put your, I put my prayer life against your life any day. Meet you out high noon in the prayer closet. Praise God. Oh, I'm a big praying brother. I'm going to tell you. Ask the staff. They'll tell you. My wife, family, kids, tell you. I'm a big prayer. I believe in praying. I came in here on my birthday. On my birthday. And sat down. I got to go. Now I went to the movies and saw the Avengers. You know, after seeing all that violence, I need to go pray. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Anyway, it was a good movie. I like, I like stuff like that, you know, superhero stuff. I can dream. I can fly, whatever. So, so after, but, I, but it's my tradition. And I often, sometimes I'm all day, day off. I have a need. I have a need to engage God. I have a need to get in the word. I, I'm a hundred, twenty, fifty percenter. I'm all in. Are you? Churches have trouble because their members are... 10 percenters, 20 percenters. Here's what I've concluded. I'm going to pick it up next week. I'm not going to even try to finish it all. Here's the deal. That's what we get preachers in trouble to try to finish everything. Here's the deal. In an average church, 90% of the people do not tithe. Nine out of 10. That is, that is, now our church is about 20% tithe. On a good week, maybe 25, but that's about the average. Here's what you have to accept. You ready? If you spend your life trying to change people who are 20 percenters into 80 percenters, you are wasting your life. The man you married is the man you married. He will never wash a dish. So get a dishwasher and drop it in there and be at peace. Come on, amen. Just be at peace, right? This woman will not cook. That is it. Go to KFC. No, no, no. Yeah, Subway. Whatever you have to do, just say, okay, this person that I'm married to, these children, whatever it is, I've tried it. I've tried to force people. I've tried to say things. You know, I used to pray. And whenever I taught on finances, my goal was to inspire people to give. Well, listen. Let me try one time. I hereby inspire you to give. Okay, that's it. I'm done. I mean, I, I, I don't have words to make you hunger after what I hunger for. I can only be a light to you. All I can tell you is he's worthy of it. All I can tell you is that he's a way maker. All I can tell you is you put him first, he'll bless you. He said he'd open the windows of heaven and bless you. And so as you plan... Your family's financial future. Look at your percentage. 
and say, God, I give you $5 every time I come to the house of God. I give you a dollar here and a dollar there. But I want you to give me thousands. Why can't? I believe tithing is a, is a chance for you to say to him, thank you. The first four hours of my week, I honor you. By lunchtime, I've honored you. And whatever I'm making this time, I honor you. I, and I give it to you first. That's my testimony. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. But churches struggle because their priorities are wrong. They're not 100 percenters. And if you get a bunch of people together, no matter how big you get, the myth is more people bring blessing. Not really. The more people you have, the more expenses you have. It can be a good thing or a bad thing for you. But my prayer is that you would ask God, what percenter do I want to be? You might say, well, Pastor Rick, I can't do all I want to do. I get that. But you can do a percent better. You can pray a little bit more. You can give a little bit more. You can make an effort to be consistent. You can, you can say, God, you know, I, if, if they had to rely on me, and, and it doesn't matter, you know, when you made less, you were in the same place because that's, that's what you have to get. When you have more time, you didn't exercise. You have less time, you don't exercise. My point is you're not committed to that. If you can make a better decision and say, okay, for me, I'm going to stand. Let's all stand. And I decide today to make better money decisions when it comes to not only God, but to me. I'm not going to dwell on what I didn't do. I'm not going to worry about my age or my lack of wisdom in my past. But as of today, I want to make a better decision. And that's what I'm working on in my life. Better money decisions, better choices, better, better, wiser, smarter. And sometimes you don't know you're being smart. This room, I walked in this room the other day praying by myself, praying about this sermon. And here's what I told God. This was a smart decision. This was a smart decision, this room, this building, because we could afford it. When we came over here, we were spending 10% of our income on mortgage debt. Hallelujah. It spiked up to 20%. It's back down to 10% and below now. That is where we need to be. And, and, and I, I'm telling you, there's something about being clear that that's where I'm, I'm, I'm headed. I sat in a meeting the other day, a meeting that was revolutionary to me, what I learned in this meeting. I was sitting there, and uh, it was with a banker, and we were talking about money and churches. And what he told me was absolutely amazing. 
And if you come back next week, I'll tell you what it was. Amen. I'm done for the day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for what we've learned today. Help us be 100 percenters. Help us to improve our giving habits, our saving habits, our money management habits. And may we, over the next several weeks, see people break free. Free from bondage, free from fear, and rise to a new place. Also pray for people, Lord God, who need to be 100% committed to you. There are people in this room who have never given their lives to Jesus. They've never surrendered their life. I pray that this would be the day they would. I pray that they would say, in Jesus' name, I want to obey you, Lord, and I want to do what you want me to do. And I, I need you in my life. With every hand down, every head bowed, if you say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me because my, my issue is I'm not 100% committed to God, but I want to be. Raise your hand so I can pray for you. Who's saying that's me? I see one, I see two, I see three, I see, do I see more? Where you at? Let me see you. Okay, God bless you. I see you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Father, I pray for those whose hands are lifted and men whose hearts are lifted and those who are home who said, that's, that's me, Pastor. And so today, may this be the day they commit their lives to Christ in a very genuine way, in a real way, in a way that, that, that leads to a growing, strong relationship with the living God. You died on the cross to set us free. And this is the prayer that can start their life in a new direction as they make a 100% commitment to serve you. They don't know how to do everything perfectly, but they do know how to be committed. And so I give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. Well, I pray this message helped you. I pray that it inspired you to consider looking at your money and really making an important decision. I need to deal with this. It's not something you should be afraid of, but something you must confront and deal with and watch it change your life. Now, next week, we're going to continue and talk about why don't you have more money? There are reasons why some people have money and why some people don't. There are things that you can do that can turn all that around, and this series will help you. If you hang with me through the whole series, I'm going to talk about your kids' money. I'm I'm going to talk about your inheritance money. I'm going to talk about things down the road in your life that can help you in this one area of your life. But it starts with a decision. Remember, according to your faith, so be it unto you. Jesus said that in Matthew, and I want you to think about that. You have to decide what you want in your life. Do you really want to see this change? Well, you've got to believe another way. You've been believing your way, but try a new way and watch your life change forever. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. Love to see you sometimes here live at Overcome by Faith. But until then, just stay with us online, connect with us through all these different meetings we have, and we'll see you. God bless you. Let me pray for you. Father, bless them today. May they take the word they've heard and apply it to their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You stay with us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.